The following audio content is a talk given at the Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theinnseattle.org. We invite you to join us each Tuesday at 9 p.m. on the corner of 16th and 47th in Seattle's U District. Well, again, welcome to the Inn. My name is Ryan Church, one of the pastors on staff here at University Presbyterian Church. What a joy to have you all in the room tonight on what I think is one of the most exciting nights of the year uh, here at University Ministries as we find out where our deputies are going for the summer. And as we, as we have made a big deal about, uh, about what these students are doing, uh, we do so unapologetically. And I stand before you and before them saying, I am already so proud of these students for, as Elizabeth prayed, for saying yes, for being willing. And, and again, to remind you that the reason that we do these things and the reason that we make a big deal about it is because we believe that God works in it. This is not merely about a cool experience in some other part of the world, but it's about knowing both that when we, when we go to a, a, a new place, often uh, our ability to be sensitized or resensitized to what the Spirit is doing is somehow heightened. And we also do it because we seek, as, as those who are, are seeking to follow Jesus with our lives, we know that it's about giving our lives away. And world deputation is one of the ways that we seek to practice doing those things here at, at UMIN. Uh, and so we are excited about these students that have said yes. Uh, and, and as Chris said, we want to continue to pray for them. Some of you might be sitting here going, wait a minute, I want to go do something cool like that this summer. And you still have that opportunity. One way you could do that is for a couple of weeks up at Rainbow Glacier Camp in Alaska. We'd love, because uh, a lot of the same thing happens on a bit of a smaller scale up in Alaska. So that's one way that you could still get uh, connected to an experience like that uh, this summer. And then again, uh, it's spring break. Uh, we're going to send a bunch of folks down to the Dominican. There's others that are going to go uh, suffer for Jesus in Hawaii. And <laughs> others of you should sign up and go up to uh, Malibu uh, Work Week. One of the great mentors in my life is going to be sharing uh, reflections up there throughout the week. And, and you'll have the opportunity to prepare uh, the camp for the incredible ministry that happens uh, up there uh, during the summer. So... Lots of opportunities, again, to, this is, this is about tuning ourselves in, uh, to being able to, uh, to be sensitive to the Spirit's uh, leading uh, in our lives. Uh, I am also very excited to introduce to you uh, our speaker tonight, one of our interns on staff. He comes to us uh, from Salem via Toronto. He's actually a Canadian, and I was actually trying to think of when was the last time we had a Canadian come up and, and speak here at the end. And to, to complicate matters even more, he's a Canadian that really doesn't like hockey. Go figure on that one. Uh, he is a theology major uh, coming over to us from Seattle Pacific University that graduated last year. He's been involved in, in, a, lot of, uh, in, in a lot of outreach to kids and some urban ministry here. And, and no doubt he has a passion for people to know Jesus. And, and one of the things that I have said 
uh, up here a few times. Uh, and, and we often pray here at the end that we would be sensitive to the Spirit's leading and whatever it is that we would do. And over the course of the last six months, I have gotten to know someone who is incredibly sensitive and open to whatever the Spirit's leading uh, may be, particularly in the way that, that it plays out in his prayer life. So, all that to say, I know that God has a word to give to us tonight through my friend, 30 Rock, Chris Thurton. Thirty Rock, that's my Twitter handle. Finally, follow me. It's cool. Um, wow. Uh, first off, I said I would do this, so I'm gonna do it. Um, there's a lot of you here. Oh, there's the mic. I'm gonna take a picture of this because there's a lot of you guys out here. So. Oh, yeah, that's sick. That's filthy. Look at that. That'll be on Twitter later. If you won't find it. Damn. Church, too kind, man. Too kind. Give me too much, too many words. Your expectations might be up here. Bring them down here. We'll be good then. Um, yeah, first off, I want to tell you a little bit about myself. Church already started with that. Um, I am from Toronto, Canada, born and raised. I have an amazing family. Um, picture should be coming. There it is. That's me at graduation with my family. Um, yeah, I was born in Toronto, Canada. I lived there for 13 years. Uh, you can go to the next picture. That was me. <laughs> Around 13 years old, had a swag. Yeah, I know swag. Uh, had a sweet fro. Uh, that's my best friend, Garrett. Um, after, we, uh, moved to, um, after we moved to Oregon after my thir- 13th birthday, after uh, my 8th grade year for high school, uh, I actually didn't meet this kid. We lived in the same town. Um, but uh, we met after we graduated doing work crew together at uh, Wild Horse Canyon, uh, now Washington Family Ranch, Young Life Camp. Shout out Young Life, what's good? Um, and yeah, we, we uh, dig uh, Space Jam. <laughs> you couldn't tell. Favorite movie. Um, used to carry it around like a teddy bear. No big deal. Um, it's a fact. <laughs> so you guys are here, and we've been talking about relationships over the past couple of weeks, and um, and a couple of weeks ago, we heard Chap and D. Clark coming to us, and they talked about uh, this idea of mystery and chaos and disappointment in relationships, um, and we heard a, a, an incredible story of how Chap met D. at a Young Life camp, and three weeks later, proposed that they get married, and D. said yes. Um, I don't, if, uh, that's a weird story to me. I don't know. But... Um, there's a lot of mystery and chaos in that, and some disappointment. And last, last, <laughs> she said she said no at first, so there's disappointment there. But she eventually said yes. Um, and last week we heard Dave Lutz speak, and uh, and who really knows what he spoke about? He talked on a lot of things, but no, he spoke on <laughs> he spoke on core wounds, and and, and he did an amazing job. Um, uh, speaking about core wounds and how we need to be sensitive to each other's core wounds and know those before we can enter into a relationship with each other. And, um, and I, I think he touched a lot of lives. The Lord touched a lot of lives through his word. Um, but tonight, uh, I've been asked to speak about risk, risk in relationship. And, um, and, and when we're talking about 
relationship, we're talking about risk. I think it's everywhere. I don't think you can live life without risk. Um, for everything we do, it has some level of risk in it. And everywhere we look, we have relationships. I would argue that God created us to be relational beings. I wouldn't just argue that. I'd say it's a fact. Um, everywhere we, we are, we have relationships. In fact, we come into being. We are given life through a man and a woman coming together in relationship. Um, and, and whenever there's a relationship, there's a certain amount of risk. And I would argue that the deeper the relationship, that, that, that the deeper we go into relationship with somebody, the bigger the risk we're taking. Now I want to tell you a little story. Um, four stories, actually. But I want to tell you a little story about my parents. I need a picture. Yeah. It's my parents. My dad's here in the back. That's Winston and Lois. Um, they got married in 1972. And, and, and right on the heels, right on the cusp of, of the civil rights movement. And when they got married, that wasn't a very normal thing for a black man and a white woman to get married. Uh, there was a huge risk involved in that. In fact, they heard a lot of feedback, a lot of whiplash, a lot of people saying they shouldn't get married. Um, and and what, what, what's amazing to me is they did. <laughs> in fact, when my parents met each other, my mother was actually trying to hook my father up with a black woman, and my dad was trying to hook my mom up with a white woman, a um, white man. <laughs> Sorry, mom. This is a podcast, I'm you, you love my dad and you like men. Um, and, uh, gosh. Anyways. Um, and there's, there's a lot of risk in that, involved in that. In fact, if they wanted to take the easy way out of it, they could have just gone on with those relationships that the other person was trying to set them up with. But, but somewhere along the line, they developed feelings for each other. Um, and somewhere along the line, love developed. And what's interesting to me about love is I've heard, I've heard it said that, that love isn't necessarily a feeling or an emotion, but love rather evokes feelings and emotions. And love itself is a choice. And somewhere along the line, my parents chose to be together. They chose to love each other. And they chose to step into the risk, despite all the odds, despite every, what everyone was saying around them, to enter into relationships, to enter into the deepest form of relationship we have on this earth with another human being in marriage. And the life that they've lived over the past 40 years may not have been the life they expected growing up, but I'm telling you, that has been a real and very great life. I've heard them talk about it a lot. And, and, and I want you to see the correlation. There's, there's four words here that stand out to me, and I want you to, to think about them, reflect on them for the night. And these words are relationship, risk, love, and life. These four words. Um, before I go any further, I want to pray. I forgot to pray again. I'm like all hyped up for being up here. There's a lot of you. Um, so I'm going to pray for, for the rest of our time right now. Um, Father God, uh, to be honest, I don't care what these people think about me at the end of the night, Lord, as long as your truth gets across and your word of how much you love each and every person in this room. Uh, it's instilled on the hearts of each person that hears the words that come out of my mouth. So I commit um, this time and my words and meditation of my heart to you now, Lord. Um, pray these things in your name. Amen. So let's uh, continue on. So when two people get married, they uh, eventually have kids. My parents had my sister um, a couple years after they were married, and uh, for 15 long years, they did not think they were going to have another child. And surprise, 1988, they got <laughs> pregnant. 
रह गया है It was all downhill from there. I mean, how do you like? That's great. My goodness, I was a cute kid. Um, it was wrinkly too. But whatever. Uh, and, and what I love about this story, about <laughs> not only that it's my story, but what I love about it is my parents when they found out they were pregnant. Um, all the doctors told them that probably their first choice should be an abortion. All the doctors told them. My mom was 42 at the time. It was 1988. And the technology that we have today in giving birth was not around. Um, my mother and my father were faced with the choice, the risk of either me dying in birth, my mother dying in birth, both of us dying in birth, uh, if for whatever reason all both of us survived. Um, there was a very high risk that I would have some mental disabilities, that I wouldn't be born uh, with the full capabilities of, of an average human being. Um, They're faced with this risk. And thankfully, for my sake, my parents took this risk. Uh, they stepped into it. They're in relationship together, and they wanted to continue on their relationship together and hopefully have a son involved in the middle of it. And I want you to see that, that this relationship and this risk and the love that my parents have for each other and for me, their unborn child, led to life. Tangible. That's a tangible, tangible situation where risk in relationship that leads to love leads to life. I want us to get in the Word. Let's, let's, let's take a look at the Scripture. Um, our story so far has been through Ruth. And uh, we've come to chapter 3. Ruth has been, um, she's been uh, gleaning in the field, uh, Boaz's field, um, for her mother-in-law, raising, uh, getting wheat and, and money for them to, to, for their livelihood. Now, let's, let's read the text. One day, Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, I must find a home for you, where you'll be well provided for. Now Boaz, with whose woman you have worked, is a relative of ours. Tonight, he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash and perfume yourself and put on your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know that you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. It's an interesting text, to say the least. Um, it's full of risk. The story already is full of risk, and we see more risk here. And what I want you to notice is Naomi is, has, has given Ruth a risk that essentially costs them their livelihood if it doesn't pan out. Uh, she's, she's essentially said to Ruth, I want you to propose to Boaz that he proposed to you in a very forward way of getting yourself all sexy up and laying at his feet after he's drunk at a party. And, but that's not the only risk I see in here. Uh, 
if Boaz doesn't accept Ruth's proposal that he proposed, Ruth, <laughs> this is the man that's been giving them a well-being, giving, them, giving her a job, giving her work, giving her food, giving her protection. Um, if he doesn't accept that and he's like, whoa, whoa, I was just being nice. Like, no, like, get away from me. She's done. She's a foreigner in this land, and she came upon a man that was willing to to be nice to her. And and, and if she's mistaken this this kindness um, for feelings that he has, then then she's kind of screwed. <laughs> and and what I love is, is that Ruth just kind of goes with it. <laughs> she's like. I will do whatever you say. She, she, she's, she's faced with, with probably one of the biggest risks of her life, and, and she says, I'll do whatever you say. I want to ask you the question. Have you ever been faced with a risk like this? Or have you ever been faced with something that you just didn't know if it was a good idea? Um, I, would, I honestly would argue that if you haven't been faced with a risk like that, you haven't really been living because those risks are everywhere. They're kind of... A part of life. Now, I want to tell you a story about my life. I, a while back, I was faced with, with, with a risk. And it was a risk to, to enter into a relationship. I just come out of a time where, um, where I, I had taken time away from being in a relationship. Um, for many years, I, I'd had my heart broken. And I'd hurt a lot of girls along the way as well. And, and I... I had to take I had to take a break from that, um, and I didn't know if I was ready to come out of that break. But I met a girl, and and we connected on so many levels that I had never experienced so fast, so quickly, and and it it was great. I, I didn't know what to do. It caught me off guard. This wasn't what I expected. Um, <laughs> and, and for the longest time, I thought my biggest fear had been getting into a relationship. I thought that that, that scared me to death. Getting into a relationship, but but I thought maybe this girl's worth the risk. We connected in a way that that I've never connected with a girl before. And, and we we laughed together, we 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 joked together, we had deep and intentional conversations together, and, and and I was faced with this risk. But not only was I faced with that risk, <laughs> we just got to, 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 to start talking and. I find out that in a couple months she's going to be leaving the country for an extended period of time to do some missions work. And, and we have to risk the fact that we could just stay friends and dismiss everything else that we, we, we thought we potentially could have or step into uh, a relationship and see, see what, what, would, what would happen with that. And, and we decided to take the risk. And we entered into a relationship with each other. And, 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 and I want to tell you that those, those couple months that we had before she left was amazing. And, and I experienced life in a different way than I ever had before. And it was really good. And she left. And somewhere along the line, what we had fell apart. And I was faced with a new risk. I was faced with the risk of letting go of what I thought I had. Um, I... I and in, in this new risk, I learned that what I feared the most wasn't getting into relationship. What I feared the most was getting out of relationship. Well, I would avoid relationships at all costs because 
I had been hurt so badly about, by getting out of relationships in the past. I, it kept me from getting into them. And, and what was so cool is <laughs> I'd taken the risk to get into a relationship, which I thought was my biggest fear. And then I was faced with <laughs> my new biggest fear, getting out of a relationship. <laughs> and it's funny how, how the Lord sometimes works like that. And, and what scared me the most about getting out of a relationship was that all that mess, all that chaos that we had, all that mystery, all the, the good times, the bad times, the sad times, the, the fun we had, that it was all going to be for nothing as soon as I let go of it. That, that's the risk I had to be willing to take, that, that this period of my life, was that was it. It was over, and, and it was what it was. But what... But, but, as I, as I began to, to let go of it, and as I began to realize that that, that, that was what was right, I, I began to see the bigger side of the picture. I began to see these are two lives that were coming together. And, and for two lives to truly come together, you have to be willing to let the other one live their life as well. And sometimes your lives are going to come together, and you're going you're gonna to go down a road together. And sometimes not. And sometimes you're going to have to take that risk and let them go live their life. And you're going to have to move on with your life. But the only way you can move on with your life is if is if you don't just sit and wallow in those shoulda, woulda, couldas. I should have done this. I could have done this. I would have done this. you got to let go of that. I was faced with the risk to get in a relationship and faced with the risk to get out. I accepted both risks, and in both risks, I found a life I did not expect to have. (laughs) I want you to see that. You see that? Relationship, risk, love, and life. Let's get back to the text. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking, and he was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man. He turned, and there was a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? he asked. I am your servant, Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a family guardian. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is greater than what you showed me earlier. You have not run after younger men, rich, neither rich nor poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do all you ask. All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I am a family guardian, there is another who is more closely related than I. Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to do his duty as your family guardian, good. Let him redeem you. But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning, but it got up before anyone could recognize, and, she, and he said, No one must know that a woman came to the threshing floor. He also said, Bring me your shawl you are wearing, and hold it out. When she did so, he poured into it six measures of barley, and put it on her. Then he went back to town. When Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi, uh, her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, How did it go, my daughter? Then she told her everything Boaz had done for her, and added, he gave me these six measures of barley, saying, Don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Then Naomi said, Wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. So Ruth took this risk. She laid down at Boaz's feet after the party. And when he wakes up, he's excited to see her. He digs it. He, he likes it. Um... And she finds out that this risk has a reward. He, he loves the idea of proposing to Ruth. 
He's all in. He's ready to say, yeah, let's have our dreams come true. I want to do this. But he realizes that if he wants to do this the right way, he has to, he has to obey the law of the land. He has to obey the way that their family and their culture work. And, and the way it was is that when, as we learned before, Ruth had been married and her husband had died. And whenever a man and woman were married, if the man died, his next closest relative was to take over his estate, his belongings, and his wife and take care of them all and his family. And so what we find is Boaz is a close relative, but there's one more person that's closer to him. And so Boaz has been proposed this risk to take a risk on Ruth, and he's willing to take that risk on Ruth. But now that he stepped in and said, yeah, I'm willing to take this risk on you, he's posed with another risk. A risk of saying, there's someone who's in line before me. <laughs> there's someone who, by all accounts, is supposed to redeem you before I can. And so he has to take the risk of letting go of Ruth. He has to take the risk of saying, yeah, I want this to happen, but maybe it won't. Maybe it's not my place to do this. And, and that's where the chapter ends. <laughs> But what I love is, is he, he's diligent about it. He goes off to, to, to settle the matter that day. Um, now, you've heard, you've heard a couple stories about risk. And, 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 and there's all these stories involve relationship, risk, love, and life. And, and what I want you to see here is they're all love stories, essentially. My parents' story is a love story. The story of my parents... Having me is a love story. And the story of Ruth and Boaz is a love story. And the story of me learning how to be in a relationship with a girl and be getting out of a relationship with a girl is a love story in and of itself. But I want to tell you about the greatest love story of all. My goodness. The story of a God who created this universe. A God who was himself love. And chose to create human beings who could experience his love. And he created us in his image. And in doing so, he gave us the ability to choose. If he didn't give us that ability to choose, I would argue, would we ever be really able to experience what love really is? If we weren't given the ability to choose, if we weren't given the ability to not choose God, <laughs> is that really love? And, and, I want you to see that risk that God took in giving this ability to choose. He loves us more than we can even imagine. But he's given us the ability to say, ah, I, don't wanna, I don't want that. No. And what's kind of sad, not kind of sad, it's really sad, is, is those first human beings chose the other way. They fell into sin. And when they did, sin entered the world. And when that happened, we couldn't be in a relationship like we were with God. Like we were meant to be. We were condemned to death. And then, God's not done with us. Because he loves us so much. That, that he comes down to earth in the form of Jesus Christ, his son. And lives a life blameless. Life without sin. Life not separated from the Father God. And then, seeing as we who live in sin are condemned to sin condemned to death because of it, he died. The only one that wasn't condemned to death. He died for us. So that we could be redeemed and we could enter in relationship with God again. 
Do you see this? God entered into a relationship with us, took a risk on us, chose to love us so that we could have life. That's it. That's, that's nuts. I love it. Gets me jacked. <laughs> and what else I want you to see, too, is the only reason that my parents were able to take the risk that they took <laughs> is because they understood and knew that God had taken a risk on them. The only way that Ruth and Boaz were able to take a risk on each other is because they understood that they had a God that loved them and took, took a risk on them. The only way my parents were able to face death and take a risk on me is because they understood that God was able to take a risk on them. And they, 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 they'd entered in that relationship with God already. He had been redeeming them to the point where they could be a part of his redemptive work as well in relationship with each other, in relationship with the people around them. I'm going to show you guys a video. And this video is of a father and a son. And when this father, um, when this father's son was born, he was born without the ability to walk or have control of his muscles or talk. And, and, the, and the doctors told him, you should put him in a home. You probably should have had an abortion. But the father said, no, I'm taking my son home because I love him. Father took a risk on his son. He said, I love him. I'll give up my life. This isn't the life I expect, but I'll give up my life for this kid. And I want you to watch this video and see how this father is taking a risk on his son. See how the son enters into risk with his father. And see how they find life together. And as you watch the images on the screen, listen to the words of the song. And uh, I don't think I've ever seen something that sums up What love really is, like when I, the first time I watched that video. And what you don't see in that is, is that a couple years before that, the dad had had a heart attack, and he's still recovering from it when his son says, hey, dad, I want to run marathons. <laughs> that dad didn't expect that this is what his life would look like. I guarantee the son didn't expect that's what his life would look like. But his son said, Dad, I know I can't do it. Will you do it for me? <laughs> I want to run, Dad. I want to feel wind in my hair. I want to feel life. I want to experience what that's like. And his dad said, yes, yeah, son. I love you. I'm going to do that for you. Just like that father took a risk on his son. God's taking a risk on you. He said, I love you. I've chosen you. Take that risk back. Challenge each one of you. Take that risk back on God. Say, God, I want to run. I want to experience life in you. When there's relationship, there's risk. Where there's risk, there's love. Where there's love, you find life. Let me pray for us. Father God, I thank you for your love, God. I thank you, as it says in Jeremiah, you created us and you knew us before we were even in our mother's womb, God. Because you chose us, God. And I pray that each person in this room, that whoever hears these words, God, 
at some point in their life, whether it's tonight or whenever, God, they would choose you back. Enter into that risk to find life in you. God, I thank you for your love again, and I just commit um, the rest of our weeks and uh, up to you, Lord. um, Just pray that your will be done in your kingdom coming in our lives as it is in heaven, God. In your name, Jesus. Amen.